0: Six, six races? Six, six races from the southern states of. Okay. Six races from the southern states okay. of America. It's called Crackers.
1: Right. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to politics, culture, and some other shit. I'm here today with my guest, uh, the mighty Phil Woodsy. Uh, you might know Phil or you might not, but if you do, you probably know him best from his days a, as a young rock star in a band called Joyrider out of Portadown. Down uh, back in the 90s Long time ago a Long time ago Not so that long um, <laughs> Like I
0: said, my grandchild reminds me that I'm an
1: ex-rock star You're not allowed to say that <laughs> and, uh, So we're up here, actually uh, Phil's a friend of mine and we're all up here on, on a, a weekend away in Donegal, and I decided to stick a microphone in front of his cup And uh, before he got drunk before he got drunk, because he got drunk at my house last week, and we put him to bed at eleven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I know my limits. <laughs> yeah. But I felt really good the next morning.
0: <laughs> and you didn't? What? But well, you were still lying in bed when we were up the next morning. Oh, I didn't
1: really um, hangover. Bad to hear. So, Phil, I to, I'm glad you agreed to to do this. Um, so you're, you're best known obviously from the Joyrider Disc, but yeah. then you were also in a band named International, which turned into Rocky Junior. which mm-hmm. was a fantastic band I was kicking around. Like, yeah. I remember
0: you were back in, yeah, with yeah, a guitar, the guitar off and stuff. yeah, at one
1: point. yeah. And then, but now you're in a band called Papaluna. Mm-hmm. And After a long period out, yeah, what's well, well, crack there?
0: Uh, I went up and lived in Ballycastle for about uh, six years, and I just played local gigs where it was like uh, open mic things, yeah. people up there were very encouraging about it as well, I was playing my own stuff, I actually played uh, uh, Ballycastle one day, they did a um, sort of uh, buskers thing. Right, uh,
1: Ballycastle.
0: Ah, brilliant, yeah, I loved it. Um, but. It was this busking competition, and uh, a couple of people said to me from the Harbour Bar where I used to go down and play the open mics when you go down and do it. So, Which I've never done, never busked in my life. But I went down and sat in front of uh, Mod's Ice Cream, and uh, I hadn't a strap on my guitar, so I had to sit on the ground and play these songs. But I knew that uh, three of the judges, one of them was a guy I knew from Ballet Castle he was an anarchist he formed the, uh, the anarchist group in Queens with Terry Hooley back in the 60s and he lives in Valley Castle now and uh, when I was playing in uh, in the Harbour Bar I had this Sp- uh, the, uh, Spanish anarchist song which I wrote called Der Dangarine and uh, I used to play it there and he loved it because he was an anarchist and he'd go he, every time I was done the work he'd go play the anarchist song play the anarchist song oh, right really. and well, uh,
1: so who, who did you the
0: anarchist song with? Hey, just myself. Just I, I just wrote it in, uh, oh, yeah. over a period of years and uh, was playing this song. And as I saw the judges coming round on their rounds, I ah. made sure through the anarchist song, also had a no pass around t shirt on just to <laughs> ram home, remember? Yeah. Hey, and somehow I won. I won the competition, won about 150 quid. It must have been a fix, <laughs> but it was an anarchist fix. <laughs> it was an anarchist plot. It sounds like an anarchist thing to
1: do. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, so uh, so how did that lead to Papaluna?
0: Oh yeah, um, well I left Bolly Castle, uh, moved down to Belfast and within months of uh, moving to Belfast I was going down the Sunflower and the American Bar uh, with the locals and I would do, there was a Tuesday night a uh, song club uh, which Young Nell uh, ran he's only about 20 but the Music collection that he has, the, 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 the songs that he can play is unreal. He was introducing me to Dubliner songs and, and, and various things that I'd never heard. And he's only 20, and I'll I, I be playing the jam and playing Lancome stuff with him and all. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it's quite weird to be playing along with a 20 year old, and he's got this knowledge, only a big, big voice, big man's voice as well. Yeah. And now, uh, but they all made me welcome as well. And we were mostly playing covers, Neil Young and Dylan and all that stuff but everybody threw on their own stuff as well so I was doing I was doing the Anarchist song or yeah. Dangareen and uh, everybody was giving me good encouragement and they were all brilliant musicians all hundred times better than me and I asked them to be in my band anybody who wanted to be and I, I recruited the band from the Sunflower basically really? and the I American had. Bar yeah
1: all of them came out of that club
0: yeah yeah wow yeah. that's fucking
1: brilliant yeah so did you have did, did you have any intention of starting a band again.
0: Yeah, I definitely wanted a band again. I like I said, I was doing those open make things. I uh, but I'm not an acoustic merchant. Like I mean uh, I write songs and but I'm not a brilliant guitar player, I'm not a brilliant singer, but I write songs. <coughs> but
1: you're I are a brilliant they're, songwriter.
0: Well I think they're band songs, but you know, yeah. they need they need the, 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 the whistles and bells on them to yeah. sort of elevate them and the band that I'm in they're all brilliant players, like so yeah. they do elevate those songs to into yeah. Something else,ly like.
1: and what about the the the, uh, the recorded output? You've an album ready to go? Or is
0: uh, well, I've uh, sort of given away, dripped out Aye. three or four of them on Aye. Spotify already. So already, I'm thinking when the album come on there,
1: yeah,
0: or go, we're going to go in maybe next week and recording off four or five songs, and maybe add them to the album and take a few others. Hopefully, you're getting a more a better quality album. Yeah. Not necessarily. A lot of people make a mistake by just tagging on songs and making a sixteen, seventeen track album. But yeah. you know, it's it's a hard listen albums these days. You know, mm. your own friends wouldn't listen to your album. You mm. know, everybody listens to songs for twenty seconds, and then they go, "Ah, uh, that's not for me," or uh, "I don't mind that."
1: Well, that's because we've got the the the, the, the convenience of digital streaming and everything yeah, of is. course, You're not paying for things.
0: Yeah, so you only give it a couple of seconds. And
1: I, I, I I I remember the first record, the first album I ever bought was run dmc uh the uh, uh the king of rock album i was looking there the Reason hell album the one with walk this way on it but they didn't have it in the record shop so i bought the other one which which has it's tricky and all on it but <laughs> in back, i didn't know what that was it was whatever age and you, i listened to that album a thousand times and you couldn't have told me that i didn't like it but i didn't I just kept listening to it though because it only album I had. And Absolutely. Was paid for, aye. And you paid, paid for, money for it? i paid money aye, for it. Aye. I did the same
0: with Joy Division and all as yeah. well. When I bought Joy Division I went, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You're going, but I fucking went and paid good money for this. <laughs> I probably sold my dinner ticket. I sold my dinner tickets <laughs> in school <laughs> to buy it. And to go down to it, records and pour it down and fucking yeah. go down and buy this album and the next thing you bring it home. Because you'd never, you'd never heard it in the radio. Right? You'd yeah. never heard... So... Then with music and, and music journalism was good at that time as well because you could have read a review yeah. and the, the journalist was that good that you go, I'm going to go out and buy that, I haven't heard that. Yeah, but he's described it to me in a, in a way that, that I think it's that's going for to be
1: me. In your ballpark, or things that you and like, and you're happy with well. a lot of writers <clears> in the
0: NME and Maldimaker and Sounds and all back in the late 80s and, and 90s, the, the writers were quality enough that they could, they could have. Sold you on that music uh, yeah. without ever hearing it, like. Yeah. And you didn't hear it much because there wasn't a lot. I mean, John Peel show and all that there, but there wasn't much. Radio, you I mean? Radio One was still the, the standard. Yeah. I remember going to work and. Le- they were listening to Radio One every day, and it was like when the Cult she comes, uh, she sells Sanctuary comes on. That was like a victory. Yeah. For the indie kids or for the you know we're into the alternative it, stuff. It, yeah. And the Cult comes on the radio, and you're going, "There's our song." There's yeah. There you go. It was like back in school whenever the Jam went the number one. On a Friday or whatever Or Sunday or whatever it was On a Monday morning You came into school And it was like Your team had won It was like Your, your team had won The weekend You were like Jam's right. number one That's Straight right number yeah. one that's right. Victory? Yeah. You know, standing about the cloakrooms yeah. now, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. And there was the big build up to see who
1: was going to be number one because you kind uh, of got rumours or people, go, oh, are we are going to uh, fight? You know, they're on their way up. Are they going to make it all the way? Or are they going to be bumped off by fucking Rick Astley or some <laughs> shit like that?
0: Well, uh, the jam, the, I remember because the, the, uh, the jam got a lot of number ones. Obviously, they were usually popular at the time. But there was my, uh, the bitterest pill, was a the single they brought out. Yeah. And it was expected to go number one just like the rest had going underground and all them. But it was kept off number one by Survivors out of the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so they never got their number one. Yeah. That one and yeah.
1: Sorry, just adjusting the levels here. Um by the way, for anybody listening to this, there's people in the room with us. So Richie and Lisa and <laughs> and M- and MT <laughs> Are are in the room with us. There's yeah, always people uh, listening. And uh, uh, Janie and there's a couple of and uh, Kirsty and Lily are about here too. They'll be drifting in and out. Very informal. It's as MT put it, it's more like an audience with Phil Wilson. <laughs> 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 just like just like when Peter Euston off, you know? <laughs> exactly. <like laughs> they're waiting, on, they're waiting yeah. on the wisdom. <laughs> yeah. So here, so so, so yeah. So Papa Luna, that's the band at the minute. I, uh, which I haven't seen you guys yet, but I, I intend to remedy that as soon as possible. Um, I've heard the stuff put out in Spotify, it's brilliant. Uh, before that, it was Rocky Jr., which used to be Nine Bar International, yep, which you played in with that, that band was fantastic. That's how I got to know you. Aye, they were um, good band. and that's where I got sort of turned on to your songwriting as well, by the way. That was the thing that really um, uh, uh, piqued my interest with you because it, I understand what you mean there when you say that you, you're not a solo performer acoustic guy that's not what you do you're a songwriter that's what you do that's your gift and you're brilliant at it but then going back take us back to which this what made your name really joyrider what what what, what how did that start
0: uh, it's kind of surreal now when you think about it because well, it, started, it starts with with confidence in yourself that you think, right, what I'm listening to here, I can do I can do as good. Even though you're not even a, a great guitar player or anything, you're going, I can do something here that yeah. nobody else is doing. Or I think this is as important as what everybody else is well, doing. how old are you? Um, Well, I I was I was a good bit older before I started. Joyer was my first band, and I was probably 23 or 24. Yeah. Uh, but I hadn't been in the band. I'd messed about. Uh, in a few practices with people, but never got it together. But uh, Joyner was the first band, really, mm-hmm. and uh, and the, and then f- with that, it was always on the way up. You know, a- a- everything we done seemed to come easy. You know, I mean, there was hard work involved, and in, and in gigs the way it used to be, the way it, it yeah. still probably is. And I was I, I badgered everybody that I could for gigs and for it's you definitely know, to you know gigs mean
1: gigs back then.
0: Yeah, it was tough. Everything was pay to play. And, uh, you know, but the thing is, it was always on the up. We got, we got, uh, the reviews started coming, Andy Kearns and all got into it. He was a big catalyst for us uh, Mm. doing things because, I think I've said to you before, whenever you're playing new music to people, they don't really give a shit until someone else tells them to like it or someone important. Uh, who they trust yeah, goes yeah. here, listen to this, yeah, yeah. and then you listen to it with different ears. Yeah. Completely yeah. different ears. I mean yeah. uh, it's like whenever enjoyer and we were on A&M's offices in London and stuff and uh, I used to need I used to uh, want loads of you know C ninety cassettes and stuff, uh yeah. r- r- use them again. Yeah. And the NR guy would come in he said, Here's a box of cassettes. They were all demos that bands had sent and he was giving them to me and I would I would put the wee tabs over them, tape over <laughs> my Made the cho- whatever you know the indie charts or whatever yeah. it was and uh, but they were all they were all tapes that bands and I had done it myself sent in my demo tapes to record companies in England and stuff and uh, they send you back the rejection those say so this is not what we're looking for right now yeah. and you would get the usual thing right but I realised then what was happening a uh, when I'd been sent naively these letters and saying here please listen to my band that Ian guy was. In his job because his uncle worked for RCA in the 60s or something, it wasn't because of his taste or yeah. anything like that, right? So, these people who are all working for the record company, you realize you suss out in a while, they haven't got a clue about music, they're there because of of, of relatives, nepotism got them where they are, yeah. And they're all lovely people and all that, all beautiful people, and all in coke, uh, <laughs> but but they. You know they 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 really haven't got it. They really haven't got a clue about music. So I remember going, said you know I'm coming from some working class houses and poured it down. But I know I know more, or I care more about music than these people do because this is just a job to them. Yeah. And uh, you know, and they all loved you. They all loved you as well. They all thought your bombs brilliant. You're going. There's no way every person in this building loves you as much as what they're saying they love you. Yeah. You're just another, you know, tax loss for them. It's
1: Like that guy from uh, what's his name, Marty Fufkin from fucking Spital Tap what he's the pr right. guy that keeps they the can't get the spinal tap looking <laughs> because they're shit. <laughs> Cause he, he, he just walks in wearing the spinal tap t-shirt and all, I love you guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know totally. <laughs> There's a lot of that's true, but yeah, I I think I whenever Andy Kearns and all started I, telling people to take us seriously, then they did, and then and and from there it sort of it snowballed and. It never really came down. I remember thinking, this is all very ordinary. I I didn't appreciate it at the time because, like, even Top of the Pops and all, people were going, oh, that must have been such a thrill. But I remember going, it was all right.
1: I remember you blowing up. I remember it being a. huge deal um, uh, you know I only on, realised that on after. the street <laughs> it know, was all very ordinary and they've got they, they signed a major and they're going to go be on top of the pups
0: <laughs> I remember hearing that stuff but in in your own life it's all so ordinary I mean I I did top of the pups but the next day I was uh, sitting outside Mullington School in the van collecting my kids from nursery Aye. so you know, there was no, there's no rock star pretensions like you no. know. You were still going to have to collect yeah. the kids who were going to come and abuse you and stuff. Yeah. Outside the school, and um, do you know who I am? Yeah, you're my, <laughs> you're my dad, and get me <laughs> home, drive me home, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. That's, so yeah, and I, I then it's like some people say, I don't get too excited about anything. So it was all very ordinary to me. I, yeah. I remember going, "This is all right," but I'll probably do it again a load of times. Aye. And went and didn't go, this will be the last time you'll ever do this. Look around you, appreciate it. No, you just yeah. didn't. You went,
1: ah, it's, it's nothing like it. Yeah.
0: But yeah, it, it was quite weird. Like.
1: So you you're so you used did you record now, I'm uh, I'm gonna hit you with rumor mill stuff here, right? You recorded two albums it's Writer? did you? I aye. With, aye. With, the, with the major, but the second album wasn't released.
0: Aye, the second album, Skid Solo, you call it, uh, has been dripped told, out. You might
1: have told me this, don't know, no. actually, back, back in the day. It, it so dripped
0: out. I, I've seen people advertising on eBay the odd time and stuff, and a few people, it's like this lost album. Um, it's kind of, you don't really want to get into that mythology because it's just an album that didn't come out. Yeah. And you're going, the lost album, what are you waiting on? The Beatles here coming, yeah. you know, 25,
1: 30 years later,
0: or whatever it is. Yeah, Santa
1: might, um, you know, um, your man peter jackson he can do a, a documentary on it. Uh, of course yeah. <laughs> sorry it got so, hidden hidden microphones. In the what was it was um there was a difference between the first and the second album and as in was would you I, I, again i'm now my memories coming back to me i think it was you that told me this you'd, you'd have been happier with the second album being your first album i don't
0: know i, I the second album. I think i prefer the first album but the second album loved, mo- moved it on moved it up a gear maybe it wasn't the usual record company shit they expect you to move up this kind of a uh, different grades you know it's like when you're making videos your first video for a major label they'll they'll send they'll send the tender out to some a uh, new people who want to make it in the business and that'll be made for five grand and then your next one will be seven grand and it's kind of steps up to your,
1: Hasn't your videos are
0: 15 grand like then you know
1: movies where they keep putting in more villains and fucking sequels go on <laughs> the, <malice laughs> the fine,
0: fine ways to spend more money and it's all your money of course as well yeah. but but
1: I realise we never got to the stage
0: like therapy or Gomez or someone else bands who got to the 60 thousand pound video it's amazing now to think back 60 thousand pound videos because I remember I, I knew the boys from Gomez I had a, yeah. I, I, I had a.
1: Fucking! I've just re- rediscovered them. I recently. love them. Uh, like,
0: They're such brilliant guys. They're all from Southport in Liverpool yeah. or near Liverpool. And uh, I for a while I had the I had a van hire business. I bought this van and Joyrider were going to use it for their last couple of tours because I'd worked out that your record company will pay your van hire. And so if I uh, um, but we had our own van, so we could never make any money out of the van here because we had our van. Uh, but as our van was, uh, well, our guitars blew the van up. Uh and guitar uh, players. yeah. Uh, so we blew the van up, and we um. I thought I'll go and get a fucking nice one, and we'll put a PlayStation in it and we'll put a Dark Side Windows in, and oh. and split it up a splitter van, and mm-hmm. and went and across crossed McLean bought this van. And I, I was a. Uh, the girl who was uh working most of the time she actually did it up for me because I, I wasn't capable of doing up the van but she did it. Yeah. And uh, it turned a turned up man. it turned out this <laughs> class van, right? It turned out it's brilliant van, but our band never used it. It stayed in Liverpool. Uh, it was based in Liverpool. And it ended up it ended up we hired it out to every band in Liverpool, Manson, uh, uh Lightning Seeds, uh <laughs> you woman, uh, woman who became Jane Weaver was in a band called uh, something in the 90s, Killing Laura, Kill Laura or something. And uh, they used it uh, and Gomez Gomez were one of the, uh, Gomez were using it. And one time I went over to England and I drove Gomez down in the van (laughs) to some MTV awards in London. Yeah. And it was the first time I had met Gomez. And I I don't think they'd won the Mercury Prize at that time. Uh, But they had the album, no, they had the album out they had the album out the first album and I remember rejuvenating me for music I, I had we had finished with Joyrider about a year or two and I, I didn't know what I was going to do but I remember driving Gomez down and they were sitting in the back of the van and they just loved music so much they just wanted to perform at all times right so they're sitting in the back of the van and one of them has a cough he goes <coughs> and the album one starts a rhythm out of the cough and the next thing they're all singing along with the cough they're going, Jesus Christ! These boys just can't stop making music. I mean, what? I fucking cough, right? And we're going. This is absolutely brilliant. I I love what these boys think about music, right?
1: Yeah. Oh. <coughs> and then
0: Sorry. and uh, and then they were telling me about a uh, because they recorded the, the the album that won the Mercury Prize, uh, which was called.
1: Uh, Weapon Piccadilly. No, that was the Whip and song. It's on it. Uh,
0: aye. Um, aye. Well, the whi- white no, I'll come the, the, Whip s- and the white sleeve. Uh, a, was the white sleeve? I can't remember. No. I can't remember uh, now.
1: Um, sorry, but, I just um, want to make a check here. One, 2. carry on for. Liquid skin was the first album.
0: Gomez confused things because it's something like I would do. Um, they called the first album is Liquid Skin and it has a song called Get It one, On, and they called the second album Get It On. Yeah. And there's a song yeah. called Get It On. The first album, so I, it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they said to me, they. They recorded the album, they recorded Liquid Skin in a uh, it was Ian's Daz Garage in Southport for six thousand pounds. They finished the whole album. Then, by the time Whipping Piccadilly, it sounds
1: like a garage album. Aye, there's, there's definitely uh, you, I, you, know, you know, it sounds like it was recorded. Uh, I, I, It was on a playlist that we were listening to, uh, one was um, weapon Piccadilly. It's a real only, a, 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 beat a, band, a
0: beat a band, thing, a, a vibe about them as well. Yeah. They had that sort of uh, a real Ramshackle thing, and then yeah, yeah. three singers in the band, and all really good singers. They had the bluesy guy, yeah. Ben, who
1: sure. waking yeah. up to it. He was yeah. like,
0: you know, and then the indie type one. It was like perfect match. All brilliant musicians as well. Um, so, I so they were saying by the time they got to the, the video of. Do you remember the video of Weapon Pegadilly? I remember them starting on yeah. escalators or something. But they said that video cost £60,000. But the album, Liquid Skin, that that song came off was £6,000.
1: How the fuck's that work?
0: That's just how it worked in those days. I remember uh, uh, therapy in those days got under £60,000 videos as well. And that's when, you know, they moved into windswept swept and beaches and stuff, and going to Portugal to doing your videos and stuff. But then and, that's, and that's, that's,
1: that's just that's just a record label spending your money.
0: Absolutely, they're spending your money. Your video, your video yeah. department was the was the the most spendthrift of your money, in in the whole of the record. A yeah, and R were pretty bad as well for spending your money. I'm not telling you. I'm
1: a, I remember reading. I remember reading about uh, uh, the Stone Roses. Whenever they went to, you know, Ian Brown went to, he put his hand out looking some money at the end of fucking. That's Why the second album took so long to go because it just went, I'm not fucking doing this shit anymore, I'm not getting aye, paid. Aye. You went, you put his hand out looking paid for sell, uh, you know, w- w- one of the biggest selling albums in British history. He says, I, but you didn't sell any in France, and, <laughs> and we, we did lots of advertising <laughs> it's a, in an France, old story. and you had to pay it's an for old
0: story. Small faces had the same thing, exactly, they, that yeah. That dodgy yeah. manager, at Don Arden, Sharon Osborne's dad, mm. and I. Uh, and he didn't pay them. and he, he gave them he gave them an account in some of them clothes shops in Carnaby Street thinking. These young mod lads will just love going down with the dandy dressers now. And, and would give them as much clothes on tick as they wanted. But the money wasn't coming. And they were all young lads. Yeah. And their parents then came down. One Don Arden say they spent it all on drugs. Then boys their own drugs. And then yeah. in the sixties that was you're able you, your parents were gonna go, Ah, you know, yeah. uh, he has a point. These are all, these all on drugs. And, it's yeah, like, and you're, not going, you're not going to admit it. Just weren't paid. And they not put them in it. The, yeah, uh, will just smoke weed. Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> talking LSD or
1: something. <laughs> he, yeah. so sort
0: of makes it sound like they're all junkies. Yeah, you know, so they ended you know? fancy treasures. Then? They were. All, and if you look at Stevie, there's a lot of fancy treasures. Tra- they did lots of fancy treasures. Yeah, 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 class.
1: So, um, so did you use turd with therapy? Uh, we toured with therapy we don't brilliant tours
0: uh, therapy you gotta know for for, for, for uh, people that
1: don't for, for people that don't know that are li- maybe listening to this therapy were fucking massive, Aye, massive 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 world world weights another again another uh a success of a band out of an estate in lorne which doesn't make any fucking sense and then you guys are coming out of Portadown. You know there was a, there there was a bit of momentum there. It felt like also for us us foot soldiers on the ground was ah, like... Well, a lot you know, of ones in
0: Portadown, Lurgan, all had uh, got good. Uh, you know there was good inspiration for. It, 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 it really was. Them like so now. so tell us about most of them going. If if they can do it and they're that shit, we can do better than. Or we if we can do it if they can do it and he's such a shit guitar player and singer. I can definitely do better but that's, than that. <laughs> but
1: I, I, think, I think for people that don't they don't realise it, you know, being a good, uh, if I'm ever asked about, and I do get asked from time to time about, you know, about being in bands or, or creating music, uh, what's, what's, people ask you, what's the most important thing? It's the song. The song is the most important thing. You can be a shite guitar player, shite singer. If you have a good song, it's still a good song. Bob Dylan was never a great guitar player, never a great singer, and a perfect example of that. And you could say that about anybody. you can put you could put a, a, a you know one of the greatest songwriters of all time, Dolly Parton, that's for you, Lisa. Um, you, you you could put one of her songs in the hands of anybody. It's still a good song. yeah, and that is the most important thing. And I think whenever people lose sight of uh, yeah. that what you're doing is servicing the song. So you're going in as a musician as a band, for example. Uh, and there's three, four, five or more of you. And if someone is intent on using that song as a, as a, 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 a stage for them to platform their virtuosity, they've, 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 they've missed the fucking point. Yeah, yeah. You, you you need to just calm it fucking down. You're but serving also, the song, and then that in 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 it, in the process of it, that makes you look good as a musician. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sorry, I don't mean to step on your point, but um, uh, and I think that's the that's the difference. I think that's why lots of other bands, we all got inspiration from you guys all going out there and doing it and being the you know the thing. But not everybody can write those songs, and that's the difference. Yeah. You know, he might be a shake. Hey, I might be a better guitar player than him. fucking plenty of great guitar players kicking around Lurgan and Craig Avon and Border Down. But no one who's going to write the song. Aye, that's the although
0: point. although of course you know, uh, uh, when you're doing music, you can go from we are totally shit, and this is the shittest thing I've ever heard, and lack of confidence in the supreme. This is the best thing you'll ever hear in your life. I mean, you, you, you have to, when you're pushing the music and stuff, you're you're having to have the confidence, this is good, this is, you know. Yeah. That's why, again, why it's good being the band, because you have the reinforcements from your band going, you know, this is fucking, because it's, it's a cracker, you, huh? you're doing, the, when you're writing that stuff, it yeah. could go anyway. I mean, nobody yeah. ever writes a B-side nobody ever writes a b-side and goes here here's a a second rate song you're always trying to write your best song yeah you're like paul mccartney to this day is still trying to batter anything he did in the beatles which is fucking mad yeah you know (laughs) and you know when he was doing the frog course and all he was probably having to go you know this fucking better you know this is better and all you need is love never mind all that shit this is where i'm this is where i'm at right now kids you know
1: yeah. uh, Those me yeah. Mollican Tire if only tar. we had him. only John had been here to do the frog chorus <laughs> with me Bag and bones Boom, boom, bum
0: hiya John Lennon doing bag and bones and Mollican Tire
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so here yeah. so tell us about um, tell us about tour life with with uh, therapy and uh, the
0: touring was the best I never I never to this day even in Papaluna, I don't think we've captured what we do live and um, Joyer was the same, we We're always good live thing, yeah. And uh, but I the turn and the turn was the best part of it. Love playing for festivals and uh, yeah, any tours, but you know, I was young enough to yeah, do it, rock and roll, and we were a really really cheap band as well. We tried to keep it cost that very naive in a way, because like I said earlier, the record company spent on your money like thousands, when Joy finished, we were like, I think it was 220,000 in debt uh, and I remember going, where the fuck did that come from? We yeah. were staying at, instead of like hotels or tour buses, we were
1: sleeping on people's floors. You may if, as well have been two million in debt. No, no, absolutely, no, because
0: uh, Cuckoo and I uh, were signed to Sony <laughs> at the same time uh, from Derry and Stoom were signed and there was a lot of bands we knew who were signed and were driving about in tour, they were supporting maybe somebody on tour, and sitting outside Glasgow yeah. on a tour bus, I've, seen, that.
1: Really, I've seen the I've seen band rock up at the limelight the <laughs> in a fucking <tour> <laughs> in a tour bus. Those tour buses in the nineties yeah. were three hundred
0: and fifty quid a day, mm. you know. Um So I we've had three tour buses in our lives, and they were yeah. all tours of Europe. Uh, I think, or two, two I think. And one of them was the tour of Europe with Therapy and Skunk and Nancy, and it was like the high life. All, all the bands complain about uh, tour buses. They're going oh, I never shit on the toilet and oh the terrible you sleeping on a bunk and all this here thing we're going this is the most luxury i've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah. like sailing about, sitting in a lounge at the back you know yeah you know uh, uh, going to sleep in germany and waking up in sweden and you didn't even know, you know so yeah. yeah this is the best way to travel i've ever had in my <laughs> yeah. life brilliant i, re- I remember
1: so. i remember um well, remember i had that guitar shop in the town in lurgan and uh, i remember when I, I ran it into the ground and i was talking to my friend miles who was he? Who, who had a shop as well, a bike shop around the corner. And I says, "That's not fuck. I've fucked, screwed the pooch here." Um, give me a bit of advice. And he says, "How much do you owe the bank?" I says, "Uh, n- nothing, debt free, because I seeded the whole thing with my own money." And he yeah. says, "That's your first mistake." He says, "Why?" He says, "Because oh, if brilliant. you owed them a hundred grand and you needed ten, the ten more, they'll give you the 10. Because they need their 100 grand back.
0: Aye, aye. The more you get that, know, the we,
1: more chance you've got more of them. You turn around and go to a bank. You turn around and go to a bank. Too big go, to fail. Too big to fail, that's what you want. And you turn around and go to a bank and say, can I have 10 grand to help my business through this fucking downtime? And they look at you and they go, he's shit businessman. He doesn't owe us any money. Fuck off. You're not getting it. But uh, sorry, going ahead. You were so uh, um, true life. Oh, I the
0: tour bus. Aye, the tour bus. Uh, tour bus were good. The rest of it was a van, and sleeping on floors. If somebody bought a T shirt, we were sleeping on their floor. <laughs> Basically, the whole band yeah. are turned up. But the problem is when you're on tour, and you uh, did it even a while back there. When you're playing Hull on a Monday night and Norwich on a Tuesday night and somewhere, and the and you you badger somebody and let them stay in your house. It's students, no doubt, that you're yeah. going to be staying with they're going, the band's coming back for a party. And you're going, the uh, fucking band wants to go back and have a sleep. Yeah. Uh, it'd be really nice. But they're going, oh, oh we've got to pick a lump of dope. And, <laughs> right. and come on back
1: to ours. you're going, it's a Monday night. That's and why tomorrow don't night do it. we have to do this again. That's why we don't do it. We don't. We, we, we Whenever, as soon as we became. I'll go, I'm not going to Well, yeah, financially viable. As soon as we were going out and making a couple of quid out in the road. Because we do. Um. A, 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 it was dialed into the price, okay, because you can get a travel lodge out in the motorway for fucking sixty quid. Aye. So we're doing that. I'm not. I'm for the sake of sixty quid. I'm not sleeping in something. I don't think it was a travel lodge when we were. Well, doing, that's I mean, true. That's true as well. <laughs> the and, were you know. So yeah, and it, it was. It was always. A, it, it it happened to us a few times at the beginning when we started out the bonavels. You know, you were staying in people's houses, and it was you were. If you're go, if you're going a short tour, you're going for a week. And it was every night of the week you were fucking at it, and you were like, I can't. I do the stuff to do well. this. No, funny, of course they do. It's not their fault. Aye, aye. You do the same yourself. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, aye, well, aye. what? So, so, um, have you any, are you going to tell us a, a, embarrassing tour story uh, that you've never told anyone before podcast exclusive
0: no I'm saving uh, that one for the last chapter Andy Kearns used to steal yeah. bananas oh I know it's about Andy Kearns but I <laughs> don't any further I've, I've seen I've seen major rock stars in some compromising positions but well, t-
1: well tell us a story about a compromising <laughs> position but you, you don't have to mention any names
0: <laughs> no, I, I don't know many rock stars you start piecing together how many rock stars I know what own. was the biggest
1: crowd you ever played to
0: hey uh, uh, maybe Brixton Academy we played a couple of times with Therapy and uh, a was a big one as well. They were huge as well. Uh, they, they were massive as well. I wasn't really Terror Vision I got to love them as people when we toured with them. Uh-huh. But every every gig was like uh, the Barrowlands in Glasgow, of singles Aston Villa Leisure Centre in Newport, the Big Centre, Brixton Academy like 4000 6000 venues mm. we were playing with them and uh, and they were all, all lovely lads like they were it's really yeah. funny um, Where they Uh they from? Bradford Bradford Yeah, they were
1: There you go Good
0: lads <laughs> <laughs> Very good but lads
1: Lisa's got relatives in Bradford oh, right, Aye, Um Uh Yeah <laughs> <laughs> We're all Bradford, <laughs> Bradford City <laughs> Richie's for 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 the uh, Dear listener Just for the Um Richie came in wearing a Bradford City football top Not that anyone Gives a fuck So Um what oh, yeah, so so <laughs> so what, um, so when Joyrider, uh, how long was Joyrider going? A uh, start to finish, don't know. a uh, 92 93
0: or something. I was we got uh, that version of Joyrider, I had an earlier lineup, uh, you call Joy Joyrider, <laughs> which is weird because I uh, we were talking about therapy before. Uh, on but the but you know involved. even
1: the name joyrider was a controversial choice okay yeah you? i was you definitely
0: know, i always did that uh, i okay. sure the orange man was on the cover Aye, that's
1: uh that's right uh, yeah.
0: and uh, a drunken orange man from Baltimore. and uh i put them on the cover of the orange man and i did t-shirts up with the, the orange man and all and they were really popular t-shirts especially in the catholic i remember there, yeah yeah, yeah. they loved the orange man t-shirts yeah. right Joyrider and the orange man and the orange man it turns out he was this big the guy with the whiskers and all. And he's a big fat drunk orange man, right? It turns out he was uh, Greenaway or Greenleys from Moor, right? And I was in—I uh, went to McConville's solicitors in Port or Hagen's solicitors in Portadown one time for a driving offence. I—I I, I, I crashed the <laughs> van. I, I, I crashed the van. I crashed the van in London, right? I was driving around London. I was driving to the, uh, going to this gig, and I crashed a. Uh, into the side of a taxi and then I drove on uh, and went for a race round and Fife, the drummer of therapy was in the back of the van we'd uh, been to the Highbury garage for something uh, to see a gig and uh, a couple of therapy's crew were in the back and I crashed the van and then drove on round and was chased by the police round London and the therapy guys were in the back going what the fuck's going on here <laughs> <laughs> I thought, rock and roll I've never fucking seen the like us in our lives right so uh, the police got me, and you could I take the
1: biota to port it down.
0: Man, it's a one-way system. I didn't know where you could stop, <laughs> and I got away with. It. I was, <laughs> I was, uh, I kept going for, as long as I
1: could. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's coming uh,
0: later. The accent thing is coming <laughs> later. The trouble I get into with that, but on that one, uh, yeah, I I was summoned to Marleybone Magistrate Court the day that Liam Gallagher was. Uh, the, <gasps> in the court that's on the I Monopoly board I know it well <laughs> I, I didn't go I didn't go uh, but I I I had to I had to deal with the case I went and got the solicitor and poured it down and Branton Maca- uh, Branton Hagan he says to me oh you're not Bon Joir. he says yeah Um, he said I've had a guy in here saying could he sue you because <laughs> because <laughs> you put a picture of him drunk on the cover of your thing he says Fuck right he says um and and what's what's the answer can he assume he's gone no apparently in america uh, you could use privacy law and stuff like that there but he hadn't a leg to stand on, so you're all right Oh, <laughs> going,
1: wow oh, God, shit. <laughs> is, that, is that? but that's that's true so you can you uh, can just uh, well uh, at the time i don't know what the uh, label yeah.
0: laws are like now, but he he wasn't able to do it then <laughs> wow so 92, 93 to, wow. Uh,
1: ninety two ninety three to what?
0: ninety Six was the big year when we had the hit, and then we recorded an album which didn't come out, and we played a couple of. Years, struggled on for a couple of years after that, but what, what was we're it? trying to find a label for that second album.
1: So why did this? Why did the label not put the second album out, even though it was recorded? Uh, I, 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 there was, uh,
0: accountants were involved, and N M Records at that time was bought over by, Seagram, the whiskey people, the Canadian whiskey company, mm. and everything was changing the music. Loads of bands were getting dropped. and mm. uh, like, the shit that they told you at the start, they're going, you don't have to have hits or anything for five. Like R.E.M. and all had three albums out before that hit and all this. We're the same. We nourish you and all this kind of crack. But within months, it was like, you don't get hits. You know, it's over. You're out. Right? Yeah. There's loads of good bands weren't getting their albums put out. So they said, take your album, which probably cost £60,000, £80,000 to record, beyond our, uh, you know what we had planned. But they got Big Producer in, you
1: know, and and, and they, they, they let you walk with the album? Mm. Wow.
0: Yeah, but on Music for a Nation, a couple of metal labels were in. How album, shit but, was the album?
1: I know, you know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's, that's why I'm going, maybe it should see the <laughs> no, later day. A, <laughs> but, you uh, know, I'm, I'm, I'm being a cheeky cunt, you know what I mean? Um, uh, it's not like them to, uh, to, to let a band walk with something.
0: They, they did then, they cut their losses and go, right, Just, enough. do we want to spend our 20,000 on promoting the singles videos, all that stuff. Or go maybe
1: do, this band, do, do, do we yeah. want to throw any more money in a court case, them looking their, their property back and all this sort of shit. And yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so, go a yeah, go for it's it, right. pause, yeah. Okay, we'll he's talk. Like, about it. like that David Hyde, for yeah. he's he's yeah. went from <laughs> that to vegetable. He's got well well everybody knows all punk's and also, end up gardeners. What he has not yes.
0: blown up yeah. is weird is the band getting
1: blown up in London by by, by by the cops? Yeah. Oh. Is there a with Alright, okay, we'll talk about that. When are now. I <laughs> <but laughs> have a nice yes, piss son. <sighs> No, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> the hormones. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, give, we'll like get, pre- pre- we'll get the, uh, we'll get, dear listener, we'll get the pregnant women pissing in <laughs> <and> compost heaps <laughs> soon enough. Um, so, um, wait. So Phil had. We just paused for a second because Phil went outside for a pee, because um, because apparently toilets aren't good enough for some reason. Um, it's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're in Donegal, but you know, fuck me, there's bugs here like compost to be made? It's <laughs> compost to be made. Um MT uh, asked me to tell you about your van getting blow up by the cops yes. in London. Yes, our van. Go give us that one.
0: Aye, well that's annoying way. Sometimes you think that you know something, I mean I'm an atheist and all that there, but things that are meant to be, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> almost like the uh, or thing. It was always, uh, the rush hour thing, it was like it was meant to be. The week that it came out, uh, it was July 96, and we made the, uh, when we made the video, the sun was shining down. We met in Tooting Back Lido. the, the uh, sun was shining, everything was perfect. Uh like
1: California. Ah, uh, you know, just yeah. one of those days when you do a video yeah. and it turns
0: out the sun shined um also a uh, drum Cree was happening a a Gavahi Road was kicking off like fuck right two of the band were from down the Gavahi Road so radio one and uh, the whole international fucking news agencies were on the Gavahi Road camped up in in yeah. Ballyorn and a uh, so radio one were out doing vox pops for their lunchtime news and Simon out of the band happened to be walking down the street. He's and now a, the he's now in Trucker Diablo. In Trucker Diablo, yeah. aye. And now uh, they're going, oh, no, so if uh, we're really one lunchtime news now when you think about this whole situation? I can't remember what he said, but he's interviewed on the news the week we're putting a single out. You couldn't have planned for it. Then we <laughs> go to we go to London to do a uh, press and stuff. I, well we were playing gigs as well. We were playing a uh, Phoenix Festival was that weekend there wasn't too many Phoenix festivals two or three brilliant yeah. Festival, Faith and the Warnock played it uh, yeah. Bowie and all was there um, and we played that one in Stratford-upon-Avon so we had to go up to that one to play a, a record signing thing in Brighton an H M V in Brighton as well but basically we were doing press in London so we drove up on our van our old blue Mercedes van and uh, parked up on an NCP car park and then went and did a thing for Channel 4 it was like go-kart racing mm. and uh, fucking all day just go just rush Hour was their uh, yeah. theme then we did for the big breakfast it was it was yeah. Zoe Ball and Joe Mangle Yeah, Joe Mangle
1: <laughs> oh the guy <laughs> off the of Neighbours yeah. hi, hi. Uh,
0: what was he called uh, Joe Mangle he's <laughs> <laughs> Joe Mangle, Joe Mangle. Joe, Mangle. <laughs> Joe Mangle and Zoe Ball were presenting that time uh, we didn't uh, thing for uh, Johnny Ball's uh, daughter <laughs> <laughs> Think of a number. <laughs> <laughs> just <tiring> to work.
1: <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah,
0: we did. Um, I we did the press uh, when Darren did the thing for Channel 4 all day doing press for this Rush hour single and then came back. Oh, I, the other thing about the Rush hour single was a uh, once it got too busy for me and the band to do artwork anymore. I did the first three or four singles and then. You know then your art department steps in and you're going well you know i'm on tour and stuff I i can't be arsed doing art you do it or yeah. i'll tell you what i want yeah but they never quite get what you want yeah but we're us that's what happened i was a reading festival and they met the guy who did the, the artwork for us uh, and you don't normally meet them or you talk to them briefly and stuff in uh, the office but this time he was drunk and i was an lsd <laughs> and he says what he is what he is looking for, your artwork, right? What he is looking for, your art. And I went, right, here's what I want. Two scale extra cars coming over a humpback bridge, right? And I want one to be leaving the, the bridge like that there. And I want them both to be mini Coopers and not mini Clubmans, right? <laughs> right? Really specific. I want the writing to be in that scale extra type writing of uh, Joyra and then Rush Hour there and I want a uh, chakras around that and in the back I want a uh, scale extra tracks but beside the songs and I had, I had all of this worked out so everything for it I had worked out I, I knew what I was going to do and I sat on LSD and says said so on, you know, coming over Humpback Bridge you now, he was out of it too Monday morning he sends me the thing I was like fucking hell man this is fucking <laughs> perfect that's exactly what I want exactly what I want I fucking got uh, uh, Mini Coopers everything fucking got it all perfect right so everything's going well <laughs> we're on the news and <clears throat> uh i oh, then we come back from the press and uh we're in a hotel down in uh earl's court and uh fucking next thing we're sitting at the end of the day and all oh, big joint in the room and all going yeah what a great day of press and uh next thing rap on the door on it's fucking two police standing in the door of the hotel room, not in the lobby, but in, at your room. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna help.
0: Hey, uh, so he says, um, oh, do you Use on a, a a van registration number, blah blah blah. Yeah, I and mean, yeah, that's ours. He said, well, we've carried out two controlled explosions on it, <laughs> 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 but we think it might be still driving. You want it? <laughs> hold on it's like what going well you've no windows in the you've no windows in the back of the van, so we couldn't see into it so uh, you blew so we, up. So we thought we, had the right, we have the right to do that right uh, it was an Earl's Court NCP car park there was a Royal Show one
1: it was a Northern uh. Island
0: registration but the old fucking guy who was uh, operating <laughs> operating the NCP car park right some fucking old dozy cunt right he says he, he goes to the police later um Five Northern Ireland boys jumped out of that van, ran away.
1: Uh, away.
0: One of, one of them was a girl and was our press officer, right? And then and four of us. And he said we jumped out of the van, ran away down near the the Earl's Court Royal Show, right? And now uh, so I went down and they'd blown in. They'd blown in the, the driver's door. They they'd blown in the back doors first, but the back doors had welded themselves together, so they couldn't get in. So then they went and blew up the driver's door to get in. Right, so the van was still driving. It, but uh, no door. And the back door was blown in. And we drove it. And we drove it. And, uh, we, drove it. we couldn't take it to the HMV in Brighton because uh, we needed our gear. So we hired a van out and took it to Brighton and did that gig. And then we had to go to the, the festival. And we had to open the, try and open the front door and try and... We knocked out the... the, the, the you know the the middle part of the, the where the gear was in the back was split, and we knocked that out and carried the amps out through the front doors of the van to get working, and then drove home limped home right sitting in Strand Noir with a, a driver's door blown to bits right, the fr- the back doors weld, welded together. People thought we made that shit up, and then the next thing NME and all Joyner's van get blown. People were going, they made that up. That, that, that was staged, because you couldn't make it up so see you
1: see see whenever you, you were playing the festival, did people say to you, What happened to <laughs> your And you said, Aye the cops blew it I up North Iron accent.
0: Aye. Two, <laughs> two, controlled, two controlled explosions. And uh, again that made Radio One News, uh, NME, Maldimaker all g- got a, a thing out of it and you you went, that week it was like you just you were making it up. You wow. couldn't you couldn't even hope for better publicity in
1: that <laughs> 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 Rush well, hour single be released. I, I,
0: see, driving about in Northern Ireland registration in, in, in 95 96. Yeah. I mean, we were blowing, remember, they blew up Manchester and all around that time. Aye, see, when we were going through Liverpool and stuff, cops would stop us, all make day. us take everything out of the back of the van, all the amps, and then you know, school kids would be going past in double dagger about you, fucking IRA Ray Buster. Fucking Just because yeah. the cops were had all our gear right? on yeah. a dual carriage we had to say and, and all our gear sitting at the get the
1: flight back then was a pain in the fucking hole oh. you always get pulled in. I was always pulled in by the, uh, Always pulled in. Um, so, ask class, so you're lucky... So that brings you up the... So what year did you just finally pull the plug? Uh, well, we sort of had
0: uh, drifted for two years after the 96 but it pulled the plug probably in 98.
1: So the second album... You couldn't get it picked up. You couldn't. You could. I. Uh, there was
0: negotiations with a uh, couple of metal labels, Music for Nations. What was it Roadrunner? Mm, well, yeah. And they talked about uh, doing it and wanted to do it and all this shit, but it, it just dragged on for a couple of years. And then the drummer he moved to L.A. Yeah. And got married and and everybody drifted back into jobs and stuff again. So um, we didn't really want to go down and practice on a Wednesday night anymore. And uh, and get your drummer over from Liverpool. It wasn't the same anymore. No. Um. And also, I, I kind of didn't really want to do... I didn't want to really be limited to the style anymore as well because that was it was it worked, that three-minute pop-punk thing. So every song I was writing, no matter what the song was like in my head, I was standing in practice, playing it to the lads, and it would come out as a Joyner song. But it wasn't necessarily a song in my head. It was maybe a back or eels or something, you know? But that's normal, don't you think? I know. Well, that's when we were talking about writing the songs earlier. I, 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 you, you were saying about uh, it's all about the song. In some ways, it's all about the style of the song, yeah. not just the song, because yeah. you can write a good song, but then it has to be interpreted in the right style. I've heard, you know, when you, when, you, when we're saying about you've heard cover yeah. versions that are better mm-hmm. than the originals because yeah. they just nailed it in yeah. that way. It's it's picking the style yeah. more than anything. I mean, with Rock A Jr., because I got freedom from playing the three minute pop punk thing. Which was great and it's class energy when you're playing it live and everybody's jumping about and stage diving and all. But when you want to take your song writing on the different, you know, yeah. Uh, just a bit a, a bit lower key. Yeah. You know, it it need you need to pick the right style for it. But I had too many styles going because then once I was free joy I was going and Rocket Jr. was going, Here's our country song, you yeah. and here's a and bit you, of And you did you did that and yeah. And we did a bit of everything. But then the thing is you need to be pigeonholed in music. You need to be pigeonholed. Yeah. They need to be able to have a section to put you into yeah. and go there that style. Which is why you know, particularly on therapy and all, they all have their and metal bands especially. Yeah, your metal. You, know, but, you don't but, need but to but step the, out
1: that, of that. that that's, it's, uh, I couldn't agree more. Um I remember uh whenever when we did our first album, we did "Good Suits and Fighting Boots." That's I deliberately made that a. a Fit in a pigeonhole. That was it. This album aye, will aye. go in that. P- it's not. We're not drifting as much. I mean I, like yourself. I consider myself to be a songwriter. I can sit down and I can write the brief.
0: But you had parameters, and and, and <laughs> but, but you I, were concise you, enough, even that you can call it what it is: the, I, the swamp I, blues, garage punk blues. Punk so blues. I
1: just, we are garage punk blues, and that's it. And I'm going to write an album that fits that definition. Yeah, because. You're going to be defined. You're going to be pigeonholed. So I said, well, I'm going to create my own pigeonhole that I'm happy Aye. to go into rather than have someone else do it for me. But by the time we did the second album, by the time we did Folk Art and the Death of Electric Jesus, I had written some songs that didn't suit that, but I wanted to do them, but I was all focused on the Bonnevilles. I didn't want to go and do it by myself. So there was a couple of songs on that record that would maybe be better Or at I, th- I I thought at the time, maybe I should just keep these for my own thing. But I played them to Chris in this in the rehearsal room and he went, no, that song's great. And I said, but it's not really a Bonneville song. And he said something that he said first of all, I I said two <coughs> things. I don't know if it's good enough. I or, or I don't know if it's a Bonneville song. And I'm not really sure it fits the whole thing. And he said, if first of all, if it's good enough it goes on. Yeah. And uh if we play it, it'll sound like a Bonneville song. Aye, of course, yeah. of course. And and that's it. And I, there's I, one of the
0: boys out of the Bonneville's
1: rolled it too. Well, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> which <it> helps. Which <laughs> helps, but you but you get what I'm saying. So the, the the, and it allowed it allowed me then to open up and, a, you know, he's still, yes, it's still. It's, it's still so your
0: your solo album then was that Hangover songs that you said I'm no, not going to do with Bon? Or no, was that no, written not, in no, a period? No, no that was not
1: So that was that came at the end of. We'd been on a, a, load of tours, and I'd come off them, and I was I was exhausted, I was really really tired, and uh, getting a bit pissed off. I was going, to, I was sort of questioning whether I was going to be able to do this anymore. I, said, well, I don't know if I, if I can, if I want to, because I wasn't I wasn't happy doing it. Uh, COVID kind of put my mind right because <laughs> well,
0: what was it, your album uh, and COVID? What was the timeline there? You, it was before coincidental, COVID. Wasn't co- it, right? Coincidental. It just it uh,
1: just happened. They just happened to cross over, right. but. The, I built the studio and then, so I built. So what? Did, I was sort of going into a period of my life where I was going. I don't know if I want to do this. So, I decided I woke up one day and I just went. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build a studio. I'm going to write all the songs, play all the instruments, and do it just from and and go just go back to figure this out because I knew I didn't want in my heart. I didn't want to quit. But there was something telling me, you need to do something here. You need to reinvigorate yourself. You need to reinvent yourself a wee bit. So I went into the studio and recorded every song from scratch. But I wanted, I didn't go in with this song written down on a guitar and it, like we do. You sit with a notepad and a guitar and you strum and you write notes and you write lyrics. And I went in, I'm going, I'm going to do a drum beat today. I'm going to do a bass line today. I'm going to do an experimental tape loop today and see if I can pull something out of that start writing from a whole new different place and you know what it reminded me of you know when you started out back in the day and it was you'd be tape machines like a wee mm-hmm. tape recorder like a wee cassette recorder and you would record into it and then because you're an inventive person you're a creative person you'll if you get two of them you'll start to put the speaker up to the mic of one and the mic up the and you'll end up Making this wee cool thing, yeah, of course. Aye. It reminded me of that. Aye, aye. it ended up a bit like that. Aye,
0: that's a, it, uh, aye, it, it, it challenged the way you'd been doing things for a while, and I, I'm always makes. what well, it brings you back to first stuff. principles, and that's the aye, point. Aye. That
1: that was that, that was the thing that I said. I remember you saying it in in the in the press blurb, getting back to first principles, back to the point. What's the point of this? Where did it? Why do I love doing this? Where's the magic? for me because it's not going out and doing six, three week tours across Europe and coming home with being supported by my wife. Who's a waitress in a coffee shop in Portadown. you know, she's paying my bills. Mm-hmm. This isn't working for me anymore. I can't, I can't get joy from this. So I need, but I know I don't want to quit because I'm, because to me, I'm talking to the 12 year old boy in the mirror, you know, it's, it's that guy that's going, this is, I always say, you know, the 12 year old is, is, so, what, what are we doing now? We're, we're in a band and we're, we've got a great wife and, we've got, and we're going on tour and we're playing rock. Really? That's brilliant. Can we keep doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, yeah, it's that kid that, that, that sort of, so the, the adult, the 45 year old man is going, fuck this, I can't do this anymore. would like to be able to say, you got second foot <laughs> well we, we, we've Have all you, been
0: challenged in a way Any, uh, To be fair completely. anybody Anybody who's doing music now At least they can't be accused of being in it for the money no. You know that's one thing for sure We're doing it It's costing you money to yeah. do it and, yeah. and and they knew that The, the establishment the, the the corporates They all knew you were going to do it for nothing The way all arts are, are now Because everybody wants to do arts Everybody's a photographer They've yeah, all got a camera on their phone Everybody's a writer I was a writer for, I, I was a journalist, a paid journalist for a while. In 2000 or whatever, I was working for BBM magazine. It's one of the last times you used to get paid as a music journalist.
1: Yeah. As
0: your job to write about music. Yeah. Uh, then after that on the internet, everybody, write, everybody fancies themselves as a writer. So they were writing for music for nothing. Yeah. So why would anybody pay
1: yeah.
0: a, a journalist to write whenever kids are doing it for nothing? Why would anybody pay a photographer when everybody's a photographer? Yeah. Why would anybody pay a musician? Everybody wants to do music for nothing. Yeah. You know, so if, you, if, if you're if you looking money for it, somebody else will come along and say, oh, sure, I'll do that for free. And sure, Spotify love that. They're going, sure, well, I, you, you, of course you're doing it for free.
1: And you will. And you will yeah. do it for free. Yeah, and you'll keep will, doing I, it, I. because you, will you it love it. Yeah. And, and, and that's the whole thing. I remember, uh, uh, again, I mean, back to the point of first principles, It that, that's sort of a little phrase for me, a little expression that always sort of just keeps popping back to keep me sort of motivated and reminded of what it is that we're trying to do you know first principles what is it you set out doing and if you can remember that you'll probably uh, you're probably not far from that now right now now today at at whatever point in your life that you are making your art or making your passion whatever it is what's your first principle what did you want to do when you were eight? If you haven't got a bit of that still in you, you know, you, 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 you can't be doing anything good. You yeah. need to be keeping that in you. And when it comes to the money thing, this is where we get the fucking crossover, where the exploitation comes in. Because just as you said, they know, and we said they were talking about the establishment, we're talking about, in this instance, the record labels. They know you're going to do it anyway. You're going to do it anyway. So what we have to do is try to figure out a way to get you to do it anyway, and then we get to earn all the money, and that's mm. exactly what Spotify have done with 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 the connivance of the major labels because the major labels are major investors in Spotify. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. which is a part of the fucking problem. You yeah, know? yeah. Which last they are going to use this as a segue because this brings us neatly onto the P word, pissing and um, compost types. <laughs> no. politics politics (laughs) politics i don't know i could Uh, i could do half an hour and pissing on a compost (laughs) we're gonna (laughs) so um uh, you're a big old fucking stinking lefty commie bastard right
0: well more of a armchair anarchist (laughs) armchair anarchist Uh, (laughs) Champion, mm. champion anarchist. I see champagne him on Twitter. I, I, yeah, so, the way they used to get champion socialist.
1: yeah.
0: And uh, which I hated because although it's uh, it's easy to uh, call rich people uh, rich socialists and go, ah, champion yeah. socialists and stuff. I have I have an admiration for rich people who. Follow socialism, Tony Benn, because and and uh, and and all those the Fidel Castro, the he the high-profile uh supporters, you know the yeah. ones who are on on good money and all. Hey, Muriam Margoyles, yeah, the actors, all all them people who are in good money, we're all basically saying. And my brother lives in London; he's in good money, and he said London always votes Labour. Yeah. Hey, uh, so London gets a bad rap. It money always does drift. On a lot of bastards there, but it's always voted Labour. D- never votes Tory.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and even just recently voted Tories out of some of them high-profile Tory councils, yeah. Wandsworth or whatever it was, the, uh, Westminster or something. But they, you know, the the rich who are saying, I'll vote to pay more tax, you're going, well, fair play. Yeah. Because it's easy to be a socialist, you know, no money. Yeah. But when, whenever they have money, basically what you're asking a champagne socialist to do is yeah. pay more, pay more in. Yeah. you are going all right because remember when Jeremy Corbyn was was up for electioner, all he was saying for raising taxes was anybody above eighty grand.
1: Yeah, you're going, but that that's not a that's not a big stretch. But don't you find that that is one of the I rem I remember a friend of mine, um, is <clears throat> still a friend of mine, still a dear friend, and he said, "Oh, it's alright, you you know, it's alright, you sound for all that now you don't make any money. What about whenever, whenever you make a." quarter of a million a year would you be happy uh, well that's well, you just you, yeah um it's a fair enough he, point because well, we, could, point. we could well, be well, pulled well, but, on it a- but first of all you, you know are you going are you going to be are you going to be happy paying to 50 tax if you make 250 grand a year i said well first of all yes <laughs> that means i'm going home 125 grand instead of the 15 that i am now you know what i mean so yeah i'll be delighted second of all it's not 15%. It's this fucking stepped up rate. It's a scale, the rate, they scale it through the thing. After no, so much you After you've earned. so much. And then once you, once Those you're making 5 that, million. Those made that sound, like there was, yeah, you, you exactly, were going to give everything exactly. the tax. Once you've made, once you're making fucking 2 million a year, I personally don't give a fuck how much the government tax you. I hope they tax you at all. I you know,
0: remember in the section, remember when the Beatles were moaning about, a, a tax man song and yeah. stuff, moaning about paying, they were paying, they were like, Two p in the pound, they were getting out of their their money. Right. I mean, and there was complaints, but there wasn't that many complaints. There, yeah. uh, you know, under but, all but, governments.
1: But, but that, but that. Big big taxes were allowed at one point. Well, that come from it was FDR started that in America in the thirties after the financial crash of the nineteen twenties, uh nineteen twenty nine. Basically, the communists and the socialists. And the unions combined go to the president and the president then goes to the rich Hi. of which he was there yeah, of their yeah. class. He yeah. said, if you don't give some of these people, some of your money, they're going to take it all because there's just been a revolution in uh, Russia. Mm-hmm. there have been various revolutions across the world. The rich were being hung from their fucking balconies in these places, or shot in a ditch. And this is the way it's going to be. And then he said, we said, how much do you, what's the tax rate that you, Propose, And FDR said to his own class, a uh, 100% after a certain amount, it's mm-hmm. 100%. Now, that certain amount was something like 50 or 60 grand a year. Fair enough, back in the 19, late 1920s, early 1930s. But they negotiated it down to 95%. That's what they started with. That 95% tax rate then funded the great American... Rise of the middle class, the biggest
0: they ever had, the biggest thing for the infrastructure, everything,
1: infrastructure, the arts. I mean, you look at the mid twentieth uh, century American arts output from writers to painters, sculptures, poetry, cinema. It's never been better than for as far as I, I, I mean, it's weird. Jazz, that's music, that's jazz, actually it's funny roll. enough.
0: Although I'll, I'll go off on a tangent there, yeah. but because. Uh, the uh, whenever they were talking, they're talking about that as the glory days of America and and American exceptionalism. You could actually claim would be true then because they were doing great things then. America, yeah. the U.S. was doing great things now. But but it was but all funded say- on a high
1: tax rate of the of the rich. Yeah, yeah. And a guaranteed but- job for the poor. Sorry, interrupted.
0: No, the tangent I was going off on there was when I saw Ted Cruz on the other day talking about the, after the the school shootings. Shocking. And every single NRA-supported politician is f- finding mad ways of, oh, what are we going to do? We're going to have to have one entrance and, uh, into the schools and they're going to have to be placed there and the teachers are going to have to more guns and everything comes into the equation except less guns or gun control or anything like that there. And Ted Cruz was interviewed the other day. You know Ted Cruz? Yeah, yeah, day, yeah. A, a he's a senator from a Texas. Horrible, a horrible person. And he was interviewed the other day. And an English... A, an English reporter managed to say to him what's this American exceptionalism I saw, that. I saw that yeah why American exceptionalism you're the only country in the world this happens to yeah what's the problem Ted Cruz turned around and he said what well, you got a problem with American exceptionalism you're
1: going yeah
0: uh, as if uh, they're they're bang I've got you there mate because yeah. the rest of America will go what we are exceptional yeah I'm kind of going that is a mad concept that that country even thinks it's exceptional if you were a mature, you know, human, you yeah. would go, you're not exceptional because of the country. I mean, we, we should be past that kindergarten shit where well, we well, think our country is exceptional.
1: Of course we should. We all we're all should. humans we, we in, all in, should. in the world. Yeah, you know, the, if, if you're exceptional, you're exceptional. You know, you could say, as just as you rightly pointed out, if America was exceptional at any point in its existence, it was in that period where it, that massive rise, what they call the middle class, where a man working on a factory floor on a lathe, can put two children through school, three children through school, buy a second home by a lake, and then they could get four weeks holiday a year, and blah, 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 blah on a working class wage, creating that middle class. If you're going, now, we can go into the details about why that was, how that's all funded, and that America is actually built on slavery, and genocide of the natives, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you could look at that period and said, look at what they did. And it is, and it was a shining light to the world to go, okay, if you're going to argue capitalism and that's what it was over socialism, because there was no socialism involved in name, but it was socialism in the sense that it was taxed. It was massively taxed. And that's what paid for all those, uh, th- those plans and those, uh, those programs, uh, that created that, if yeah. you're going to argue a capitalist system is better, then that's what you're going to point to. But the, the but the socialist is then going to point out, yeah. But it's that's been on the decline ever since yeah. it was funded through socialism, and then ever since all the capitalists did was look at it like a fucking slaver and. M- foaming monster going how are we going to get all this money back and since the ni- late 1960s that period only lasted 20 or 30 years since the late 1960s everything's been on the fucking slide they even used female emancipation so where one man a, a woman didn't couldn't or wouldn't work not, not wouldn't out in the workplace and those that she never made a salary so one man on a working you know working class job where a man had to wash his hands coming before he left the factory could support a family in and a, buy a, a house and a buy a house and if you were white. Aye. Uh, 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 and basically what would be called a lavish lifestyle they then took that over the course of tw- 20 years later, it took two people to do something approximating the same thing. And the thing that it was, so the woman had to go and work, the man had to go and work. And that funded that same lifestyle and that same household. And then the capitalist then piles on a new thing that the working class had never had in their existence. Personal debt. Yeah, credit yeah cards, I remember that time. Yeah, Credit Reagan per- brought
0: that in and, and yep. Thatcher loved it as well, was yep. that uh oh the the dream of owning your own home and then going on that mortgage for it when it was own, uh, uh, yep. only ever owned by the bank. A why they don't exactly. They all credit.
1: And every day, lots of uh, yeah. it's all <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah, exactly. People in the south, and people, drives. people in the south always comment about, I've heard him mention a few times said, Why does everybody in the north drive an Audi or a BM? They're really fancy cars I'm up there Chelsea a tractor, what I'd is ban that? Chelsea
0: tractors, Yeah. I'd ban them, only farmers should be allowed to drive them I would too. Because it's the most selfish thing we were saying earlier about it it's the most selfish form of car ownership you can have. It's yeah. it's the least socialist thing you can have. It's also, because you're it's also going, one of You're the going, least. as long as me and my family are safe in this big but box one here. Of the, everybody, but you,
1: you. The people buy, you know, you always see these wee, wee women's faces just being about to peep over the fucking steering wheel. Yeah, and they think that they're, they're safe. They're the most unstable bloody thing you can buy. They're terrible. but they can't drive them? Well, they're, 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 technically they actually are unstable. I'll you know, I don't know how You could say that I'm not going to say it And you're not on the microphone And people are going to think That I'm a fucking sexist That's MT said that She's a woman It's okay And she's also She's also a real bitch So you don't know her And you've just called her a woman But that might not be What she designates as Well there we go That's another fucking podcast All together Jordan Peterson's that one covered (laughs) Anyway, so anyway, yes and America, yeah, America it, definitely
0: yeah. gave us, uh, the reason we loved America was from that period on, yeah. the cultural thing, the, the films, the, the music, the, art, yeah, the music, yeah, yeah, the films yeah. Yeah, and, and everything you watched it was American influenced, yeah. it was like, it was, you can see why everybody in the world wanted to move there, Yeah, but I have to say in the last 10 years, I would love to cut them loose. I would say America, go your own way. Although they'll bring us all down. They'll bring the whole world down. Well, they, environmentally. Are, going
1: to, they are going to go their own way because the, 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 they've managed to undermine the petrodollar to such an extent with this Russia and Ukraine thing. Again, another podcast altogether. Where you basically... It, they're cutting their own fucking throats. And it's all but, because of uh, corporate greed. Because the, the government... Ireland that,
0: needs to cut them loose. UK needs to cut. Yep. Europe need to cut them loose. Go, Europe. go and do your like the Handmaid's Tale. You know, yeah. go and do your thing. Your <laughs> religious mad thing that you're going down yeah. that road that yeah. you're going down. You know, the,
1: continue so to it's go such that way. Weird thing because I, you know, uh, like yourself being a musician, I'm The same for English, cut them loose too. Well, they need, they, they do. They need to be cut loose. Um, yeah. I've never met an American that I don't like. I, well, they're I, usually the ones that travel the, the, well it must be that it must be a music thing I've never met you know I've been to America uh, enjoyed it very very much the Americans that I meet out in the road in bands and things are the most delightful people and they're the most enlightened and they're lefty and socially you know aware and responsible and not selfish and not this this sort of caricature I know I,
0: I, I know and, and, and you'd actually feel bad for painting the whole country yeah. because it's half the country the same as the UK it's the same as Ireland yeah. half the country uh, uh, the, everywhere has gone that way yeah. it's it's so divided Europe everywhere yeah. is so divided that half the country thinks this way and like the Brexit vote and whatever vote will come there'll be a 51% and a 49 yeah. there's never any clear majorities for yeah. anything there's always half the country thinks this and you're not like even for environmental and stuff and all you're not going to convince the other half to go your way,
1: yeah,
0: we're we're on this trajectory. That's the way it's going to go. You can, you're 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 an observer. Yeah, you're an observer. You're, you you try your best to get involved. You talk. You you, you try and yeah. influence people and stuff. But you're not really changing anybody's minds. It's like a it's like a, an election poster. Yeah, when you're driving past, you're going right. Oh, I'll vote for him because I see his poster. <laughs> You know, you mean? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. you already knew who you were voting for before you saw a fucking poster. The posters
0: didn't mean anything. The party political broadcast didn't mean anything. It's just like everybody's on their own path already. And looking confirmation status, you know, looking to go on, listen to Piers Morgan in the morning, going, "You're so right." Yeah, you are. You know, oh, he's right. He's talking for the people. He's talking I hear it, from my ma. Yeah. I I go around to visit my Ma, and I, the Sun newspapers land in the corner, and then she starts talking this shit, and you're yeah. going. You read that in the sun no no the papers don't influence me and uh, what way I going? oh you think that I, but you've been watching the bbc at night you've been listening to this su- t- reading the I'll sun
1: t- i'll tell you i'll tell you one honest to god i, I was telling you this on the way down today in the car um i was at a a wee woman's house last week and kept talking to her and she seemed lovely down near me. and she was talking about Ukraine and the war and Russia and all, et cetera, etc et It was about two weeks ago. And she says, oh, well, she says, that bastard Putin, he's a fucking psycho. He's not going to be happy until he takes over the whole of Europe. I said, oh, don't shut up. He says, e, you, you, no, he says, e, I don't think, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think, Where do you start? I, 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 not that I don't think he's a fucking lunatic. I says, they're all fucking lunatics. They're all psychos. But, you know, that's... He's he's not invading Ireland. You're grand, I think I think <laughs> you're grand I, what I know, but I think and then she was and she says, Yes and uh i c I've had I started stockpiling. I went What do you mean stockpiling? She says, i am started stockpiling stockpiling gums guns on the floor on pasta. No she's no seriously She says no come here, show you no, she took me into her fucking bedroom. <laughs> Spare room
0: That's my big bad.
1: fucking things <laughs> <laughs> of vegetable oil, massive bags of rice Pasta, tins, a weak woman in the mid 60s, fucking stockpiling in the fucking war. I'm going, what my
0: man does f- that This is not even a survey st- Do you
1: know what she thinks? My man gets somebody's
0: ticket for macro and goes, I ain't gonna go nuts here and buys about 20, <laughs> 20 big things of toilet roll. In one one room of the house. <laughs> <laughs> She's, going, She's stockpiling oh, but You see, rice. once COVID hit, she was already storing toilet roll. Uh, and when COVID hit, she goes, You see,
1: you see. <laughs> here, i'm right. the only one in the town toilet roll yeah you think i'll be selling it listen we're we're going over the hour here so i'm sure our dear listener is going to be intrigued <laughs> our listener is going to be intrigued as to the pissing in the compost heap uh references been made a few times during this podcast so I, actually that might be the bit what might call this phil Woolsey pisser of compost heaps Tell us about.
0: There's got to be a better way of phrasing it. There's got
1: to be. I'll figure the it urinator. out. The urinator. The urinator. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Urinator 2, the revenge. Um,
0: hey, basically, um, my urine and everybody else's, except for pregnant women's, is full of nitrates and will grow you the best vegetable produce. And that's why I never. Use a toilet because
1: I, halfway through this podcast, you stepped out to go piss. I paused the podcast, I didn't go to the toilet. Oh, you, didn't go, you went out the out the door.
0: I tried to find somewhere that needs growth. Ah! <laughs> brilliant, we <laughs> I couldn't find anywhere new growth, <laughs> yeah, so I no, pissed on rocks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there's stables out
1: there. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Listen, Phil, thank you so much for, right. for for doing this. I really enjoyed it. Actually, it was class,
0: went quicker than I thought.
1: Yeah, it's good. We'll do it again. We'll do it again whenever uh, you get to drop the album and stuff. We'll we'll do a wee run at it. Aye. class. that be good. So listen, everybody, we're up in uh, we're up in Donegal at the minute. We have a cottage rented, and we're staying up here for a few days. So next podcast, I'm going to be interviewing my buddy Richie McGee in his capacity as a football coach, <laughs> podcaster, and general all round awesome good guy. And then tomorrow, Mickey Bartlett's coming, and I haven't asked him, but he's going to he's he, he, yeah, was we'll just we'll put a beer in the microphone in front of him and just try to get him to shut up after a fortnight. So, uh, we'll be doing that. So, listen, thanks again, Phil. I really appreciate right. it, Lovely everybody. Uh, uh, thanks for listening to politics, culture, and some other shit. And if you want to, head over to the Patreon. And you can support the podcast. There's only one tier now. I got rid of all the tiers, it was too confusing and I couldn't be bothered. I'm too much of a socialist. But all these tiers where I had to give people a certain amount for and I was just giving everybody every you know some guy come ah, and yeah. give me one pound a month and I was just giving them everything and I couldn't do it anymore. I just went to fuck it. So it's it's three pounds and that's it, and you get everything. So uh, there we go. Thanks again, Phil. Appreciate it, buddy. Lovely. Good. Thank stuff. you for having me. Not a bother. Yeah. Woo.